Hello everybody. This is Pastor Jay Keaton here of the United Christian Fellowship Church. It's March 25th, 2020. I'm going to be teaching tonight out of the book of Luke chapter 7. And we're in the middle of this lockdown, if you will, up here in Ohio uh, with this pandemic going around. And I can't wait to get back into the house of the Lord. But I tell you, God's been good to me and gave me these scriptures tonight to teach to you. And I could do a six-week sermon series on this, folks, of all the lessons that we can learn from this particular uh, story here in the scripture. But this story is found, like I said, in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 down through 50. I'm going to read some of this to you, then I'm going to bring up some thoughts that I have that God has given to me and some lessons that we can learn from this sinful woman this encounter that this woman had with Jesus. And we're going to bring out some highlights here on this this evening. So if you would, Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 50. I'm going to read some of this, and then we're going to exposit this as we go along as well. So one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Now let me just stop right there. Those of you who come to my church understand that I like to also teach customs and mannerisms of the day. So understand that it's very difficult to understand the Bible by trying to use our culture that we live in to try to understand their culture that they lived in. The reader is expected to know these things. It's taken for granted uh, you know, that when we read through this, that we would understand what it is the intent of the word means. Okay, so when it says he sat down to eat, the scene is this. When people would come to your home to dine with you, they did not sit at tables like we sit at today. They, they laid on these little like couches, if you will, on the ground And they would form a circle, and in the middle of that circle there was a small little table, and all the food that night would be placed on that table. And so everybody's head, they would lay down on the couches, and they would prop their head up with their elbow, and they would eat and and dip dip their bread into the sop, as the King James Version calls it, which is olive oil, and they would dip and eat from each, they, they would all eat from the same bowls. So it was basically... When you had someone over to eat, it was a very, very close and intimate thing. You just didn't eat with really a whole bunch of strangers. That that hardly ever happened. I mean, there was an occasion, but typically the Jewish people, it was a very intimate moment. That's why God says, if you'll open up your heart to me, I and my Father will come into you and sup with you. That means they will have a very intimate relationship with you, just like the dining experience shows us, okay? So that being said, verse 37 goes on, when a certain immoral woman, now everybody, most theologians, I should say, agree that this woman was a prostitute, okay? It's taken for granted that we would understand that. A certain immoral woman from that city heard Jesus was eating there, and she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Now again, the custom of that day 
is when someone entered into your house, they would take their sandals off and the servants of that home would wash their feet. That was a custom of that day. And then you would then you would lay down on the little couch with your with your head propped up on your elbow. So this woman was behind Jesus, okay? He was laying down at the table and she was behind him, if you will, and she was crying upon his feet. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, now it's important because Jesus knew what he was thinking here in just a minute. If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of a woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, Jesus said, I have something to say to you. Now, when Jesus says, I got something to say to you, that's when you need to perk your ears up and you you need to listen really closely at what he's about to tell you. Simon says, go ahead, teacher. Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver, and to one, and to one, and 50 pieces to the other. I'm sorry. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Now, as I get on with this story here, I just, I can't help but to go back just a minute and talk with you about what's happening. This is unheard of. This is absolutely unheard of that a prostitute would come into a Pharisee's house while he is entertaining guests and come there and interrupt the meal. She was considered the worst of the worst, folks. She was considered to be a piece of garbage. I mean, the consequence for being a prostitute was, A, you were excommunicated from the synagogue. Now listen, if you were removed from the synagogue, your life was over. Nobody was allowed to be with you. No one was, even your own family had to disregard you. You were a total outcast from society. That's how the Pharisees and the Sadducees had so much power. If they removed you from the synagogue, then your your life was just over. You had no family. You had no friends. You were an outcast. You see, that's how cults work today. They get you in and then threaten to kick you out once they've got you and your family all involved. But this was unheard of. This woman, the other consequence was you were to be stoned to death. So, in other words, this woman was taking her own life in her hands to make her way to Jesus. I mean, do you, do you understand this? This woman was so brave, okay? She was willing to risk her life in this quest to be forgiven. She had this heavy burden on her soul that she had to just get, she had, she had to get rid of it. I mean, she had this, I'm, I so admire this woman. I mean, I, I really do. She's inspiring to me. She's brave. Uh, you know, she's remorseful. She's a, she's humble. She's decided. She's determined. She's all these things. Okay. She had a pit bull attitude that would not be denied. And she was willing to risk it all to make it to Jesus. She was in that much 
remorse in her soul. I don't know if you've ever been like that before. I have. That you've had so much remorse within you for something you've done or something you've become that you just had to be forgiven. You needed to somehow clean yourself up and there was just no physical way to do it. The only way to do it is to be spiritually forgiven by God and and only God can clean a soul. A doctor can't do that. A doctor can't fix a conscience. He can't touch a soul. But the great physician in the heavens can, folks. He can fix you on the inside, clean you up, and make you right. And this woman, she needed that. She needed that more than anything. She was all-inspiring in everything that she was doing here. Okay, She was risking her life to make it to Jesus. Now, a lot of people speculate that Okay, she had probably heard Jesus speaking somewhere. She had probably heard one of his sermons. And and she didn't forget how he impacted her life. Unlike the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the, or the, the priests of the day, they spoke the words, but there was something different about Jesus to this lady. When he spoke, The words seemed to penetrate her deep into the very core of her being. Oh, listen, that's happened to me before in my life. When God speaks to your heart, friend, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget the encounter that you had with him. Okay? His words were not like anybody else's words. Okay? You know, I've told my church this many times, but, you know, to be close to Jesus, you've got to understand, you are close to the Son of the living God, the one who created the world. The Bible says all things that were made were made by him and for him. The creator who made you, they were standing there looking at him. Now, I I tell you, you can't get close to Jesus without somehow being affected. And I can only speculate that when she looked at Jesus... His eyes were probably different. I mean, he's seen you for who you are, who you were. He looked into your eyes and your soul was made manifest to him. Okay. He sees you for who you are, knows you better than you know yourself. Yet he loves you no matter what wretched things he sees in you. She felt this. She felt this. She didn't feel like she was being judged. She didn't feel like he was looking down on her, but she felt something different about him, a divine love like she had never felt before in her life. Open arms from God to the worst of humanity just because he loves you. She felt that Jesus could change her soul, and she needed that. She had decided, listen, that enough was enough. She couldn't be that person anymore. She couldn't bear that burden any longer, and the only place to get this relief was to make it to Jesus. How right she was, folks, how right she was. You know, when we look at this scripture, you see the silly arrogance of the Pharisees 
and the wise humility of this woman standing side by side. And what a contrast. It's more than striking. You'll notice as we read through this that the guests and Simon, they all stayed, stayed seated waiting to be served. But the woman throws herself into the service of Jesus. All the guests doubt Jesus' authority to forgive sins. Yet the woman places her faith in Jesus and her sins are forgiven. Her love for Jesus is obvious. Simon and all the guests feel contempt towards our Lord for having anything to do with this woman. I'm telling you folks, listen. This woman bypassed all the ceremonialism, all the red tape, and with her heart, she came to Jesus with the need to be forgiven, to have a clean slate, a brand new start, to find grace and mercy. And she knew, knew that she could find all of these things because all of that she felt in Jesus and the love of God. Now I tell you, I don't know if you've ever been in this woman's place before to where you've been heavy burdened and God's delivered you or he's forgiven you. I have. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I can remember at that moment, and, and, and maybe you can too, when you come to God with a true heart full of sincerity, and you feel the hand of God gently wipe away the sins you've committed and clean you up. There is nothing like it in this world. I remember that day. That day when I had looked at myself. You know, Jesus has this ability and the word of God has this ability to cause us to see ourselves like looking in a mirror for who we really are, not for the image that we create of ourselves, because, you know, we're all legends in our own mind. But no, we're able to see ourselves for who we really are when we look at ourselves through the eyes of Christ. Let me tell you what we look like. We look like We've been created in the image of God, but we're marred and we're dirty and we're sinful and we're wretched and we're blind and we're naked. And when you see that and you see what you really are, when you have this contact with Jesus, it causes your soul to have new identity, the need to be forgiven. Now, going back to the scripture real quick, and I'm trying to be fast. But listen, Jesus told Simon, now listen, this woman was laying, well, she was back there crying and weeping and sobbing. I'm telling you, she was at this point, I mean, God was pouring his grace upon her. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more great than that when you have the feeling of the love of God picking you up out of the dirt, dusting you off and standing you up on your feet again and making you brand new inside. She's crying. She's, she's feeling this, man. Oh, man, I've been there. He told him, as I told you, Simon, I got something to say to you. A man loaned two people 500 pieces of silver and to one 50 pieces. Neither one of them could repay. 
So he forgave them both, right? Jesus says, who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one who he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to this woman and said to Simon, look at this woman, Simon, kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Man, the humility in that. The humility in that. You didn't greet me with a kiss, as was the custom of that day to greet each other with a holy kiss. But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I mean, this woman, with an act that came from her heart, was doing everything that Simon should have done, which wouldn't have meant a thing coming from this man as he did it in ceremonialism, but this woman... Because she was doing this with her heart, it, God didn't care if it was olive oil. God didn't care that he, he just wanted her to come in there with her heart. And that's what she did. That's what he wants from all of us. He doesn't need us to be religious. He needs our relationship. And he told Simon this. He said, I tell you, her sins, and let me tell you, there are many, have been forgiven. My gosh. Thank you, Jesus. I can't tell you how good that felt when Jesus declared that over my soul. So she's shown much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. And Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. I tell you, folks, when you realize how big your sin debt is, when you realize, finally realize, how much you need Jesus, when you finally realize how important eternal life is and to have a clean slate and to have all of your sins removed from your life, when you come to Jesus and He simply forgives it, you will love him much when you realize how big your debt is. Again, this is Pastor Jay Keaton of the United Christian Fellowship Church. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We ask your blessings on every person that hears this sermon. Because it's not me, but it's you. And it's the power of your word. It's your anointing, Lord God, that touches people in their hearts. You're the great physician. And Lord, I ask you to do your work amongst us all in these troublesome times that we live in, that people would come to you with their hearts, not with their religion, but just in relationship. That's all you want. And oh Lord, I ask you to be our unseen guest at all times and be our friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I pray for the forgiveness of us all, Lord, that each one would see themselves and come to you and have this one-on-one -on -one relationship that you need 
and tell us that we must have. And I ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.